15 seconds and counting. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, Welcome, everybody. This is the Innovative Monsters Podcast. I'm Lee Keebler. My closest friends call me Keebs, so you can as well. I've got uh, my co-host, really good friend, known him for ages, Adam Davis McGee, is also with me. Adam Davis McGee, that's a hyphen at the end. Don't forget the hyphen, or you could abbreviate it ADM. Y'all get to know it. <laughs> Here's the thing. It is uh, it is a normal Innovative Monsters podcast episode. However, we're doing a few things different. One of those things is Adam's actually going to be the interview, because he, he just got done with a project that is too important, too perfect for the show not to spend time and talk about. On top of that, we're also taking this show and we're streaming it directly live into Clubhouse, which is this new platform that just seems to be popping off and everyone's going crazy about. Uh, I didn't know anything about it. Clubhouse? What's a Clubhouse? You're the one who told me about it. I didn't know anything about it. I was late. I was super late. Adam was like, oh, you got to find out about this. And I went and I looked at it and I was like, oh, shoot, this totally makes sense because this is where we can take the podcast. We're not changing the podcast. Podcast is still going to be, you're still going to find it on Apple. You're still going to find it on Google and Spotify and all of that. But at the end, we're actually going to utilize the platform to bring people in so they can be a part of it. Kind of like a caller, right? Like old, old school. We're bringing that old school radio show vibe back into podcasts, which we haven't really easily been able to do. Uh, and thanks to, Super thanks to innovations like, like, you know, like, like this, this is, Clubhouse is dope. So we're going to use it Pretty to, dope. to bring it in. So, in this episode, this is our first episode um, where we're bringing in this uh, this type of topic. Uh, Adam just got off of a project called uh, In Protest. We're going to talk about that next segment. We're going to get to that. Uh, but first off, like Adam, how you doing? Tell me about how you came across Clubhouse. Tell me about how this you know this month's been going for you. This is actually a really good. Uh, topic in time, like timely topic, because we're, we're launching this conversation about your work within protests. And it's just, this is such a necessary conversation to be having right now. Yeah, no, totally. It's um, a lot of different things are syncing up, right? Like here we are launching our, our podcast around innovation in everyday life. We're, we're trying something new with kind of uh, hacking together clubhouse and, and, and this podcast. And then amidst all that, you know, we're, we're coming onto Clubhouse, I think, to champion a very important message and reminder um, within the creative and within the tech and within you know the financial literacy community. But it's it's definitely one of of raising awareness of of um, black voices, of underrepresented voices, um, and throughout it. So I think as I've been getting to know Clubhouse over the last week or two, I'm quickly realizing how um, how 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 much of a of a of, a, of an accessible and unique space it is for the underrepresented, for the underheard to be to be heard and to be connected to like-minded community members, like like-minded um, um, you know creatives, and you really do get a direct access to the 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 people whose time 
and 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 whose whose work is really influencing the world. So for me, um, I've just been I've been I've been hopping around to through clubhouse rooms and getting to know new members of the XR community, and it has been so organic, so authentic, so real. And then there's other times where I'm just in a room listening to people like do poetry and talk about philosophy, and I just you know it's it's a very passive experience. So you can kind of you know, engage how you will, but I'm just really, really, really excited that we get to kick off our podcast on the ground floor of something that's already shaken up the tech world and shaken up the whole culture. Cause it just, you know, Clubhouse just got that billion dollar valuation. Yesterday, Elon Musk just tweeted, he and Kanye are about to come on here. Last week, Zuckerberg broke it. Like, you know, Elon, it's a lot is happening right now. And so it's very fertile ground for us to open up this conversation, to open up to our friends. And as we keep doing this podcast and highlighting other innovative monsters that are doing big and scary things, this is just gonna be such a cool backdrop. And and like I said, like fertile ground for us to grow uh, uh, our audience and, and, and grow these conversations. So it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And then, you know, yes, it's Black History Month. It's also my birthday weekend. There's a lot happening what? right now. This Happy birthday. Thank you, man. It's, it's, um, you know, another, I feel like a bad friend. I feel like I should have known that. No, no, no. I'm the friend that doesn't remember any birthdays. Like, you know, I've got at least probably three people in this room right now that I should know their birthdays and I don't. To go back to something you had said earlier, you, you triggered like on the fact that we're talking to monsters of innovation and that's what the show ultimately is about. Uh, conceptually, we had this conversation of like, there's a lot of tech shows out there that are going to tell you about the newest and latest dope tech that, you know, it does this and this is coming out and we're expecting this price point and it's got this much power. And these are, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. Mm -hmm. You want that? You can find that on a different show. Like that, that, that's a thing though. I listen to those shows. I love those shows. Y'all don't need another one of those shows. Right. What Adam (laughs) and I started talking about after this last project that he came off of was, Where's the sh- where's the conversation about how tech impacts society and culture and art and life and everything that happens around us? Because it's been a nightmare of a year and yet technology and art and culture have never been a more relevant topic and at the top of every, uh, you know, at the top of every conversation. More, more of a lifeline, more, more than ever. Savior, honestly, absolute savior. Tech, tech and art, I, if it wasn't for tech... That's where the idea came from, yeah. Yeah, if, if it wasn't for technology, the past year, the, the manner in which we've been able to connect to our families during through, going through a pandemic, like having these tools for wellness, for meditation, for connectivity, for for therapy. Um, you know, my, my, my partner and I, we started doing couples counseling during, um, during the, the kind of like the height... Of, of the civil unrest, you know, as a, as a form of wellness and offering to ourselves, we've never met our therapist in, in person ever. We've only done virtual sessions. Um, but it's just like, and, and then the, the, the number of times that, you know, our daughter has been able to connect with family and friends, just it's, it's absolutely mind blowing how, how art and technology and um, even, even, even just some of the more like simple things like just being able to have tangible, um, uh, like cooking, you know, going into the kitchen and just doing a craft around cooking. Like those things have, have, have been lifesavers. They've been lifelines and lifesavers. And I think with this show, we know we want to explore some of the culinary folk. We want to explore the teachers. So we want to explore 
the impact of all those things and provide a space that is really, you know, that that's safe, it's comfortable, but it feels a little different too. Um, I think we're going to have some music playing. Are we going to do music underneath while we talk? Oh yeah, in the we're, room? well, yeah, I, I was going right into the subject right now, actually. Okay, all right, you know, just had to make so, sure. So we're. We're going into the next segment right now where we're actually going to deep dive into uh, the conversation about how in protest happened, the work uh, that that happened over the course of, of many months during a really difficult and tumultuous time, how you got into these protests and were able to to get this amazing uh, content. So we'll, we'll have that coming up in just a little bit. Uh, I do need to mention music in this episode that you're hearing is all from DJ Qbert. His, uh, his most recent project will have more information on that as well. Uh, we are highlighting musicians throughout the episodes. We're also going to do uh, nonprofit highlights towards the end. These are all things yet to come up. Uh, we're going into our first break right now. We'll be back in just a few minutes. And uh, so stick around. In this corner is the heavyweight champion of all the monsters. Take a step back. Take a step. Take take a step. Take a step. Take the step back. Take a step. Take take a step. Take a step. Step. Take a step back. Take the step. Yeah, we're back. This is Innovative Monsters Podcast. I'm Lee Keebler. My closest friends call me Keebs. And uh, our, our, our first episode and our uh, special guest, who happens to be the co-host, is with me as well, Adam Davis McGee. And uh, before, we get, uh, before we get into the meats and potatoes of what we're about to talk about, I want to just go straight to a little bit of audio uh, that comes from the, uh, the trailer for your project in protest, which was uh, in partnership and released by Oculus. Uh, and, and I just want people to take a moment and listen to the voices of, of this trailer before we really dive into everything that you just did. We get caught to a fire. I can see black smoke rolling out and you can see the people jumping out of windows on either side of the businesses. Right now, protest has somewhat of a different feel. The Village Project was a way for us to provide free resources to folks. Everybody was working together. It brings you right back to the camaraderie. Sweet potato pie spoke to me. It's the connection to the earth and definitely is a form of protest. Black Lives Matter is not a movement for me because I live it every day. It's about showing these kids, like, you mean something. I'm fighting for justice. Tears collapse on top of your skin like heavy rain. There is wailing all around you. There you have it. That that's. I mean, without mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking at it as it's playing on the screen. That's just as a podcast, just playing that audio, it, and just listening to it is so yeah. dynamic and strong. So tell us a little bit about this. That's a first. Yeah, I think that's a first for me too. I think just sitting with the the voices of 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 the Minneapolis series, and um, you know we did. Minneapolis was um, f obviously the the kickoff and the starting point for this most recent revolution, and that's that's where we um, you know, 
being from there, I, I just, we, we had to go back home and, and kick it off there with, uh, you heard Tish Jones, Metric Giles, Rose McGee, um, Anthony Galloway. Those were, those were some of the folks that we sat down with who gave us their time and blessed us with their time to, to kind of share how their own forms of protest, um, you know, were, were in motion in response to what was unfolding in their city and in, and in their backyard. Um, Tish Jones was, was, and Metric, we had them in like kind of the two of them in the same, in one episode. Some of the episodes had two voices and um, it was just Metric Giles is a, is a, a childhood friend um, and a firefighter. And um, he was, uh, he was someone that really took the time and the courage to talk about that dynamic of watching the city burn and then also wanting to be with protesters, you know, and, and, and having to save the city and then also like balancing his own emotions that were ablaze. And Tish Jones is, is a really awesome writer and, and spoken word artist and entrepreneur who's always used uh, the, her literary skills as a vehicle to community and to conversation. Um, she, she did a piece for us a little bit that you heard in that trailer um, that she kind of like, you know, she performed on camera, but it was, it was one of those pieces that was um, just channeling a lot of what we all felt and, 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 and were feeling at the time. And, and that line that she has, um, tears fall like heavy, heavy rain, there's wailing all around you. That, hearing that one just again, just now brought me, brought me into it. Um, Tish is going to be actually, there's, um, one of the, one of the live streams that we're doing coming up with, with Oculus, uh, for the project, Tish is going to be performing, um, a piece. I don't know if she'll be doing that exact piece, but she's, she, she might have time for a few pieces, uh, performing, but I'm really excited about that. Like, you know, so we're doing more just to like, you know, bring in, Oh, and then there's Rose McGee. Her story was incredible too. Uh, that's well, now hold mom. on, Rose McGee. <laughs> I know Rose. I know Rose McGee because you know Rose McGee, and it, and I think the listeners are putting two and two together and be like, "Well, wait, this is Adam Davis McGee." Now mm -hmm. let's talk about Rose McGee for a moment because she is genuinely one of my favorite people, um, and yeah. and uh, and I think that you need to make make a better uh, introduction to uh, Miss Rose McGee for me here, cause well, uh, she deserves it. And, and my mom, she deserves all the flowers. So I'm just gonna give, give her her flowers real quick because even before in protest, like what she had been doing and, and what you heard in the trailer, she, how she's, she has that line that says, and some people don't catch it, but it's a really slick line. And it's like, yes, I do think sweet potato comfort pie is a form of protest. And I just, I don't, I've never heard those words together <laughs> before and, and reframing it that way. But, um, my, my mom started, Rose McGee started an initiative called Sweet Potato Comfort Pie in response to the Michael Brown killing, um, and, and, and Ferguson and, and that whole, and, you know, having a black son. And, and that was, there was something that she was really incredibly moved to do, which was in the Southern tradition where she's, you know, as, as she's from the South, baking food, baking pies and bringing them to the morning and bringing those, bringing it to using food mm -hmm. as a form of comfort. So that 
was absolutely something that um, it, it just it just meant a lot to be able to sit down with her and talk about because now over the years, they the Sweet Potato Comfort Pie Initiative has become quite the staple in, in not just the Twin Cities. It's but huge. I mean, they've, they've taken, I've a, seen the ticket pies nationally. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen articles on Huffington Post like this is this. <clears throat> I've never I never expected someone would take the the idea of just baking a sweet potato pie and and run with it so far yeah. and like and it have such a, a massive response in yeah. and of itself that like you don't you don't ever sit there and think you know what's innovative sweet potato pies <laughs> no one's innovated a sweet potato pie since the creation of a sweet potato pie that's not innovative but to oh, sit down man. and go okay I'm gonna just do what I know what to do with this mm -hmm. with this pie this thing that I make. And, and then it, it has such a, a local community impact that if you keep doing it, yeah. then that's, that's the innovation, right? Like, that's the innovation. Yeah. You know, it's, it is, it's really amazing. <laughs> so, so here's the thing I can look at this cause I, Adam, I know you, I've known you for, you know, a decade. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, I understand, and I think our listeners can even come to the conclusion of like, oh, he's from Minneapolis, uh, so this happens. I get why it goes to Minneapolis, and that. But that's not your journey. That's not your journey, right? Right. How, the part that I need clarification on, because I remember when this started, this conversation started, because you called me, and mm -hmm. you said, "I've been talking with Oculus." about these pro and let me let me explain this it wasn't like protests happen and then a couple weeks later there's a conversation it's like protests happen bam now you're talking with oculus you're you're putting cameras together you're getting a crew together you're you're just going how how does that yeah. happen and so quickly and why you don't get me wrong yeah that's i'm so thrilled question. that it's you but why you like how did this happen it it, it came about as you mentioned, extremely fast and, and quite organically. Um, I had been speaking with Alton Glass, who's the founder, um, who's a director and, and, and founder of, um, of, of GRX Immersive Labs. And we'd just been discussing one of his other, uh, his other project, POV, uh, Points of View, is a, is a VR short that is about uh, a child who's killed by, or excuse me, not killed, uh, it's about a, a child who has an encounter with an AI parole officer, but it's a VR short set in the future. It's really cool. And we were talking about how we could use that film to start promoting more conversation around relationships with police and the state, just all the stuff that that, that film can kind of really do. And then, yeah, it was, I also at the same time ended up getting in conversation with Oculus, uh, specifically their VR for good side. And it was, a simple question of who do we know that's capturing what's going on right now? Who do we know that's out there? Mm -hmm. um, and, and Alton and I had kind of also been having those conversations and Amy Snyderworm over at, at VR for good posed that question. And, and it was just like, well, Alton, you know, we do know some people. Alton actually knew a shooter in Minneapolis, a shooter in Atlanta, people who had already gotten started getting footage. And then we started having other conversations with a few other folks that had footage from LA. I mean, and then it just, it snowballed from there because it, we knew that there was only so much time to really do this and, and to get it done. And 
it, it took a lot. It was very stressful. I'm not going to lie. Um, well, let, let, let's talk about that stress a little bit. Right. So you, yeah. cause you called, you called me and you were like, yo, Keebs, this is what's, what I've been, yeah. you know, positioned to do. It's Facebook. I don't know. I, I don't know how to go I, out, you know, not, and I didn't want to, do, did I didn't say? really want to do it at first. You didn't know how to feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't want to yeah. do it at first. Yeah. I, I, I really didn't. I, I remember sharing that and us having that conversation because I just wasn't a hundred percent sure if this moment in time, if, you know, if Oculus, if this was like a good thing to do, you know, I mean, I knew it was a necessary thing to do, but I didn't know how I would really, how it would really feel working with such a big company and trying to get camera people in front of cameras. Like I, I just, I, I was very conflicted on a lot of different fronts, you know, and, and I'm not, that's just something I had to sit with and think about, um, because it was a great opportunity, but at the same time, as a creator, as a black man, as, as a Minnesota, I just was thinking about a lot of other things too, when it comes to healing. And, um, but it, it, it was, it was something that, yeah, there was, there, there was, uh, there was some stress, <laughs> but in some of the, yeah, you, you, I want you to go in, in, into, you know, a little bit of depth on, on, cause it's, it's very publicly known. Um, but some of that stress did occur, right. And not necessarily at the fault of, of Oculus or, or Facebook, but the response, you know, I, I expect people listen to this podcast. They know what they're getting into. They know what they're going to, you know, I kind of know what they're expecting. We, we try to tee it up as much as possible. Look, if this is not your topic, duck out. I don't care. I'm doing this show. This right. is a topic that I think we need to talk about. But, you know, Oculus goes, they, they support this project. You, you get out there and your boots on the ground and you do this thing. And then the internet happens. <laughs> Yeah, the internet starts to uh, rear its uh, somewhat dark and ugly head um, because the the fact of the matter is the VR community is still um, made up of people, uh, man, woman, and it's there's they're made up of people who did not want to see the subject matter being promoted into them. Uh, that dealt with, you know, Black Lives Matter. And never mind the fact that, you know, Amazon and, you know, everywhere you went, everywhere you turned on the internet uh, during the summer of last year, brands, you know, Postmates and on your phone, people have, were promoting their solidarity and, and, and promoting their, their um, allegiance. They almost took it too far. You know, it was almost, it almost became like. Yeah, it, it started to get performative and, that's kind of one of the things that, you know, with doing this project and getting on with Oculus, that's what, that's one of the things I was sitting with was. <laughs> you you know, don't really need your dishwasher feel. soap to stand in solidarity <laughs> to wash away racism, right? Like that's, at some point that's, you've gone too far. <laughs> you know, I just, you, you want to be aware of uh, how you speak on it or you d don't speak on it as a brand and still do other work, um, companies, brands, humans, but when Oculus dropped the trailer, you know, for this for this piece for our first Minneapolis volume, it was met with more thumbs down and and hate and comments than than thumbs up with with love and positivity. So um, there was they, they Oculus eventually shut the comments off for our trailer, and mm. um, I, I was I was feeling a certain way about that, and and still am. 
And um, that, would you rather have kept was, them? Would you have rather personally have let them continue, or are you glad? I I think I would have I would have I would have appreciated having uh, yes having them stay on because there's certain things that people just need to look at in them and and I mean that for as a company as a brand mm-hmm. as an audience like there are there are numerous places to have these conversations and and some of them will take place on the message board, but that's, there's something to be said about, um, you know, a company that has that sort of influence and presence and, and, and branding, you know, to be VR for good. That's, this is a part of that. There's a very holistic aspect to this conversation. And that is a reality that, we need to look at and stare at in the face these it's difficult to get people into headsets right now because of the pandemic and we need to get creative about how we can get people into headsets and how we can get people to have more conversations and address the the more root of of kind of what this whole conversation is about which you know when people when, when we have in protests and we have the subtitle grassroots stories from the front lines you know, this is a this is a this is a, a a journalism piece to to highlight and promote black consciousness and black liberation and like strength. It is not a piece to, um, you know, to to to. It's not a sympathy piece, right? So like we're we're not trying to to create draw sympathy for black people, and that's no. I I saw it and I found it as very it's, powerful, it's empowering right? precisely. Um, but you know, the other thing I saw from it. And I'd like to get your how, how you look kind of like emotionally react to to this concept. It's also um, it's a documentation of what really happened, right? You you are preserving a moment in right. history uh, in a in a new right. medium that will now has the best chance of right. survival right. as a medium, right? Because it is tied to one of the largest technology companies ever. So for a full encompassing 360 degree, you know, approach to what really was going on in these cities. And you pick some yeah. doozies. <laughs> uh, you, you have, you have preserved for all time, the truth, Absolutely. right? You, you can't hide anything in a 360 Absolutely. video. You can't block a shot. It is, it is a, it's, it's a like bam. digital, it's the digital archive and you will be, yeah, we will have, we will be able to take people back in time in history to the moment and to the space. Um, it will no longer be just a 2d photo. It won't be a 2d video. It won't be just a caption. It will be when this went down, when people said they've had enough, when they, when thousands marched to, the memorial to to march on Washington when people burned down the buildings and they tore up and spray painted the police precinct and the, and the building you will be there you will go into the space and you will be there and you'll be accompanied and you'll be guided um, by the people who were there who, who did it who stood who yeah. marched who protested it's it is a time capsule it's a digital archival that honestly keeps and everyone listening like it's it's something that i'm extremely proud of that that we accomplished and did even with all the stress and and then like the short time and production and um, during a pandemic i'm extremely proud of the team 
I'm extremely proud of, of what we did. And I'm proud of it. And I had nothing to do with it. I just looked at the, I watched it and I was just like, well, shoot. There you go. Okay. He, he, yeah, he did it. Uh, <laughs> dang. Um, so out of that, you know, yeah, you have, you have a lot of technical hurdles. This is also happening during the pan, uh, the pandemic of COVID-19. We're going to talk about that, yeah. but I got to ask a, a question. I've ne- and I've never asked you this question before. You went to you went to four cities, and we're going to talk about those four cities, how you chose them, and all of that. But you you spent a lot of time mm-hmm. on this. What was what was the hardest or most surprising thing that you weren't expecting that stood out to you in this in in, in doing such a, a monumental docu series like this? Um, I'd say probably. What weren't you expecting? What what, what I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting for our time to be as insane as it really was, because when I tell you what a lot of what nobody knows, and I and I, I haven't told you this, we were simultaneously in pre-production and in post-production at the same time for each city. So we were working <laughs> double time. And we thought we thought we thought early on, like we thought that early on, Minneapolis, DC, we would hit the road and, and shoot those and then come back and still have a little bit more padding and time to do everything. But yo, it just everything No, everyone was mad all at once. <laughs> Every, <laughs> there was, there was no scheduling of the anger. No, it, that, <laughs> that part. And then it was like we really underestimated uh the satellite COVID just workflow and just working satellite on such a an intricate kind of post flow. It, it was, it was insane. And we just really, we thought we gave ourselves a little bit of padding, like some good room to, to get it done, but we, we didn't, <laughs> we, so, we, so you, we, we were, we, we were crazy. You're going to all of these cities, right? You go, you, you Minneapolis makes sense. Min- Minnesota, Minnesota was, um, Minnesota was, uh, uh, the twin cities technically. So we did, we did, Technically, like Minneapolis and St. Paul are the twin cities, right? So there's like two cities in there. So we this, we did the state, Minnesota, and then the remaining ones were our, our cities. I mean, Washington, D.C. Is, is the district. Um, and then Los Angeles and Atlanta are, are standalone cities. Those are standalone cities. But Minnesota is the only one that is actually promoted as a state. So, okay. So you go you go to these locations, hotbeds for every, like people just getting together mm-hmm. and, and being angry and, and for right, you know, rightful reasons. And, and you're documenting this. You're in the middle of it. You're, 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 your coworkers are there. You're flying point to point in the middle of all of this. And this is the part that like you're putting yourself at risk. You're going out here. You're these are risky yeah. and volatile situations, and you're documenting this to Major. not only preserve it but to explain like what's really going on. And then in the background of all of this, which is already hard enough, there's a virus. Like this is this is yeah. some poorly written '80s scare tactic movie, right? <laughs> like th- when you really think about this summer you write this script and it gets thrown into the trash because it's not believable. That's how bad this is. When the virus of racism and the virus of the Corona (laughs) come together and collide. Okay. So you're you're, only VR action heroes can come. (laughs) And and you just like basically throw on a face mask and just dive in. 
and you're uh, so we just one go right how did you how, how, is, it, how, how did you yeah. survive covid not how did you survive all the protests but how did your team make it through COVID or did they like, how did that go? Like, did people get sick? Like, how did you prepare for something like this? Um, we, we did take our, our, our production crew took, which there was only about three or four of us. Uh, we all took classes, COVID classes and became COVID compliant before, um, you know, going out to set. And we, we, with that just really took a lot of care and a lot of approach with how we, where we booked our sets and how many people we had in the in studio when doing the interviews. And then when we would go out into the field, you know, that would that would really be where we had to just be extra careful and extra cautious and, you know, face shields. I mean, the, the most, by far the highest, highest risk scenario was the March on Washington. We had like, three crews out there, three or four crews. Yeah, because it's coming from the White House. <laughs> that part, <laughs> that part. We were we were there the day, we the, the March on Washington happened the day after Trump did all the fireworks. Remember he did his speech on the, he had his party on the lawn and did uh, all the fireworks. We were Doesn't that we seem like a decade ago? <laughs> so long ago. So long ago. Yeah, we were like right down the street watching the fireworks or hearing the fireworks and, um, we're just like this is so bizarre <laughs> this dude right now and just us why we're here this is like you can't like you said it's a it's a script but um yeah i mean that that was by far the, the highest stress situation because of the dense the density of bodies and the at the lincoln memorial and us rome carrying of uh vr gear all day i'll tell you one thing though that was one thing to go back to the other question i did not anticipate um I thought we were going to be, you know, we were there at about 6 a.m. until about 5 p.m. It was an easy 12 hour day. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. it, it, I did not expect uh, my crew and I to to really we we didn't expect how like enduring that was going to be. It, it was it was pretty wild. It was it was a strain. It was a, it was a test. But we got through that. That was that was a nice long day. Um, I don't. So I don't mean to interrupt you here. But we also have to like be really cognizant on time. I want to make sure we have enough time in the last segment to be able to get to uh, our live questions because we're utilizing the Clubhouse platform. But I, I want to touch on this before we end this segment and as we're going into a break. Um, so you end this entire uh, docu-series with going to Atlanta. Now, I don't know if that was on purpose. If you, if you, uh, could just, if you were clairvoyant and you knew like, Oh, Atlanta's going to be the place that we need to be for the last segment. Cause I mean, like Atlanta came out of left field for me and just kind of was, I'm, I'm up, I'm up far, far away in Portland, Oregon. Right. So <laughs> where a lot of stuff was I'm going. familiar with Atlanta and I grew up in the South, a lot of stuff was going down in Portland. Oh yeah. We had our own nonsense that we yeah. were trying to deal with. <laughs> <For> <laughs> sure. know, that, that, that was a that different, was almost another, a different level. Almost of crazy. Was another city too, that we tr almost squeezed in there, but it didn't happen. But there's, there's, there's a, yeah. So the stuff that happened, the stuff that went down in Portland was, was serious and needed, but it's its own docu-series. Like, I don't want what was going down with Portland to overshadow what in protest was. Granted, it was all centered around the same concept, but what went down in Portland was, a whole was, was yeah. different. That was... <laughs> yeah, that that went on its own. You know how you get like you have a sitcom and it gets a spinoff. <laughs> that was, was a spinoff. Spin that was Portland was a spinoff. <laughs> but so you so Atlanta, like you you pick Atlanta, right? And yeah, 
you lived in Atlanta. I, I for lived a little in while. Atlanta. We had we had some connections to Atlanta. One of the videographers um, who, who's here in Clubhouse with us, uh, Tiago. Um, you know, he had captured. He was one of the first kind of cities we had seen, and um, it just it really did work out uh, as as we sculpted a, a kind of you know sculpted a circle, a compass of what parts of the of the U.S. could we dial in on. And, and, and will be worth kind of traveling to with the risk of everything. Um, and, 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 and yeah, it, it, Minneapolis was our, our grassroots, like start, like that was our theme and, 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 and kicking it off, uh, the, the Minneapolis and, and Minnesota being ground zero. And then DC was identified because we knew that the, the March was going to be taking place. And, you know, DC obviously is, is a backdrop uh, that, that really was going to serve very well, especially with our timeline during the election. Uh, we knew we could get some DC episodes out in time for the November elections. And then, it, it, so that was like a big, that was a big intentional kind of like, like uh, deadline to hit was let's get these episodes for DC out uh, leading into the election. And the, the theme around DC was like a policy. So like, you know, Minnesota was our grassroots and then into DC, it was like, we're talking about policy here and how policy drives um, in various ways uh, and, and is used as a power of a form of protest. And then into Los Angeles, where there's this theme of power and people taking their power back. And, uh, you know, you've gotten this policy shifted and you've gone and you've marched on the mall and then you'd go back to your community in LA with its rich history of, 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 of uprisings, right. And, in 92, uh, with Rodney King and, and, and Watts mm -hmm, riots in mm -hmm. 65. And then in the, in the, in the current day, it was huge. And that, and living here was, was, was absolutely, you know, bearing witness, you know, bearing witness to what unfolded in LA was, was, was very powerful. Um, and then in Atlanta, we, we, you know, kind of used, looked at it and, and approached it with this this African uh, theme uh, known as, as Sankofa, which is, is it's uh, Sankofa means, you know, to go back, to look back and go get it. And it's about looking back at your history to understand where you're moving forward. And Atlanta was all about kind of revisiting, uh, mm -hmm. this, having using this like kind of this pause, this, this reprise of sorts. If, if, and, and, and so that was kind of our dial, you know, that was our, that was our, that was our, but we didn't initially realize it was going to all boil down to Georgia and the timing that it did. And, oh, and it, 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 I, I mean, it, it did work out with this, with an additional kind of election and, and purpose going down uh, during that time. It was, there was nobody who would go, you know what, you know how 2020 is going to end Georgia, Georgia turning blue. Like nobody, <laughs> no, nobody Man. had that on their bingo Man. card, right? Like that, was, that wasn't was, anywhere. It was, it, what made it extra crazy, the timing you know, we, we were fortunate to get Killer Mike, which was, was, which was, you know, that, that was another big surprise. If you were to ask me like, what, what, what did you, didn't you expect? And Killer Mike just so happened while we were down there to be hosting a town hall meeting with Ornoff and, and Warnock and, and we got in there and, and, and along with, you know, Common and, and, uh, Jermaine Dupree and T.I. He, he, we got it, in there with 360. It was incredible yeah, to see. 360 yeah. cameras and, and we couldn't believe our luck. So, yeah. Now, I, 
I, I want to tee this up a little bit because the way you said it is like, oh, you just happened to like, you got like a, a, a short blurb from Killer Mike. No, Killer Mike is is like half the he's, episode he's, yeah, of he, the last of Atlanta's uh, with, his own, with his own whole episode. He closes us out and the name of that episode is called Kill Your Masters, which if you know anything about Run the Jewels and Killer Mike, you know that that's a big, that's a song of theirs. It's a mantra of his and, and that's the name of that episode. And Kill Your Masters is the best way that you could end, close out in protest. Yeah, yeah, it, it's super strong. It's super powerful. It, it's one of those things where in, in a way I feel like that was, it needed that final like sign off of like the person that everyone has kind of listened to um, surprisingly, you know, that not surprising if you followed right. Killer Mike through his right. career, but if like like in the last 2020, you know, you're looking at this last year, all of a sudden you're like, wait, he, who's this guy? Didn't I see him with yeah, Bernie Sanders? Or yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like there's there's this like weird background buzz about this it's guy. So but then sneak. It's, it's that's what the sign it's, off ends it's, up it's being. It's wild too because he really did emerge out of vote, you know, aligning himself with Bernie, you know, like the 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 third option, the alternative, like you and I, we've had these, these conversations over the years about how there's always got to, you know, there's, there's got to be a third, right? Like the, the this, this mm -hmm. other, this other option, you know, there was, what was it? It was Yahoo. And then it was like, you know, Google came in between like the ways of like, if you're a PC or a Mac, you know, just like Android, but in, in, in politics, Mike it was the unexpected person and he aligned himself with, I think Bernie is, is an absolutely great leader and someone who he, I think they just, they just represent voices of uh, innovation, voices of disruption, voices of, of leadership and fearlessness that you don't see in everyone. And, and you didn't see it coming either, you know, really fully like you, you could peep, but you didn't expect that it to get to the, to the level. And I'll say it right here. I'm gonna call it right now. I think Killer Mike might, might he might end up running for something. He might end up at, in policy in in, in in office of some kind. But he's our You know what? Crazier things crazier have happened. Crazier things we, have happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Mike is I, I, yeah. I think that would be fan, you know, that'd be fantastic. I think that's something needs to happen. You know, it's it's amazing that you end in the in the city of of, of Killer Mike, the city of Stacey yeah. Abrams, the city that you know, changes the Senate and going into 2021. And this is like the, this is the last episode of, of the series yeah. and you close it out with such a strong, you know, question. Uh, and I, I, that's where I think if I, I've watched the series and it is one of those things where it's like, you can pick it up on any episode. You really can just pick it up and be like, Oh, this is something yeah. new and boom. And you're, you're, you're transported into it. But there, it, it's done so thoughtfully in a way where you kind of, if you really want the full impact of the series, you have to start on the first episode and go through the entire yeah. thing. True. Right. You can pick the thing that like maybe interests you more like, Oh, I'm, I'm from DC. I want to watch the DC episode. Great. Do that. But if you really want to watch the DC episode and fully understand its place right. in time, you got to start with Minneapolis, right. right? You have to go in that, in that now, order. No, and, I, I appreciate you saying that because you know, we, 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 we did take, we, we put a lot of thought into, every episode and, and the subjects who we have and their voices and how those would be, you know, lined up. And, and it's not something that you really expect most people who are just scrolling through their, 
their their Oculus TV queue and they see the episodes, you don't expect them to just dial it in and and, and do a full binge because it's it's over an hour worth of, of 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 content. But it is it is curated and approached, like I said, with that compass. So one day when we can have location location based experiences again. <laughs> We'll we'll curate the the experience, you know, in in a circle, in mm. in you know, in a, in a way that kind of represents that visually, which I, I would love to to do. Where where can people find you? Uh, you can find me in the clubhouse, you know, in the in clubhouse, because uh, <laughs> I'm usually <laughs> on there just dipping in. And Innovative Monsters is is obviously out here um, on on social. Um, it's uh it's Adam up. A-D-D-A-M-U-P, Instagram uh, and, and Twitter. It's up and Adam and Adam up. And uh, yeah, that's that's what... Actually, I just think I said it backwards. I think my Instagram is up and Adam and my Twitter is Adam up. I don't know. It's They're all whatever, one of them. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you can find me there. It's listed on your it's listed on your bio in, in Clubhouse. Uh, in, yeah, in Clubhouse. Also, right? also that. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna take uh, some questions from the audience while we are streaming live, recording live uh, this episode in Clubhouse. Um, so stick around. More information at innovativemonsters.com. You can find the Innovative Monsters podcast on just about every distribution network where you get your podcast. So you know, go pick one and go look for Innovative Monsters. We out there. All right, you're back to the Innovative Monsters podcast. I'm uh, Lee Keebler. Friends call me Keebs. I got Adam Davis McGee, who we've been talking with uh, for the last 30 30, 45 minutes. It's been a while about the project uh, in protest. You don't, you don't keep you don't keep track of time anymore. No, you don't, you don't have you to do that on, on podcasts. It's it's all good. You know, it's fine. I'm, I mean, I'm late for lunch, but you know, whatever. So, but you're early for dinner. But I'm early right? for dinner, right? <laughs> so we just got done chatting uh, chatting with Adam about the the in protest project, uh, this docu series in VR covering the 2020 protests. In one of the most difficult years, with between between a, a, a virus that's out to get you, crazy people that are out to get you, the world's just out to get yeah. everybody. It seems like, and you, you Racist, out. racism is out to get you. Trump, <laughs> you, you go out and you go out to like the four hotbed cities because you have to because you know that this content's important and. You just, we just got done hearing about all this, and I know that that you've got people in the in the room uh, that worked with you on that. Um, I don't know these people. These these are not people that I've met. I, I, Tiago and yeah, I chatted no. a little bit, but I want you to take this over uh, and open this up to the people Absolutely. who are here, so we can we can hear from them and answer their questions. Yeah. No. I I just want to really quickly. We have Tiago Bertrand, who's a really talented really talented, immersive 360 cinematographer, um, director. And uh, we also have Jonathan Williams, who's a really dope 360 storyteller. Honestly, um, this project in protest would not have even kicked off if it wasn't for Jonathan and Tiago. Um, Jonathan is, is from Minneapolis. 
Tiago is based in Atlanta, and the two of them went directly to the front lines as as shit was popping off in the in the cities, and they were like, you know, I got to capture this, I got to record it. So, real quick, I mean, John, Tiago, y'all y'all want to talk about what that experience was like for y'all and being able to get your 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 footage and and out there to the world. I mean, were, were y'all even thinking about that while you were recording in, in the front lines, like being able to share it with people? Uh, uh, hey, I'm Tiago. Uh, thanks for the introduction, Adam. Thanks for having me on here, man. Uh, you guys. Uh, so yeah, so really when I was shooting out there uh, at the CNN Center, it honestly really didn't, that wasn't really my purpose, like, you know, to like get it anywhere. I just wanted to get it to the people. You know, and that was my main goal because I was like 360 immersive content is the, is the next, you know, medium that we can use to, you know, tell our story without it getting manipulated. So, you know, when I shot it, it was really just with the intent to show our people like this is what it's like on the front line, you know, standing up for something. And yeah, I feel like my message got across how I wanted it to, if not even better. Thanks to you guys over there, man. Adam, I appreciate it. Jonathan, what, what was it like for you, man, going out in your neighborhood and, and capturing burning buildings that were set ablaze, man? It was just weird that it was my neighborhood burning down. I mean, that was the part I really never expected. Minneapolis is a very passive place, as, as you know. And for me to watch buildings burn down, to go and see the local Arby's burnt to the ground, that just didn't seem right. It seemed abnormal. I saw some history in the making. Felt like a young Black Panther or something. No to shout mm. Straight up. Let me ask you guys this. It, it, now that the footage is out there and it's being shared and, you know, we've obviously, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan uh, was an associate producer on the project. Um, but like now that now, now that this now that this uh, hard work, you know, is out there and we're seeing the response from it. What is what is what are your thoughts on it right now as people are starting to to really take in y'all's footage and y'all's stories? Give us an Emmy. An Emmy. Hey, give me the trophies. Jonathan said, give me the trophies. I'll let Jonathan go first. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's been cool. Um, I don't know. I've been kind of just pushing it around and getting people's reactions on it. It's just a very timely piece. You know what I mean? I feel like it won't even resonate like it like I'm expecting it to until after all this is passed and after like, you know, the BLM wave is done and this is literally like a historical piece. Yeah. Yeah, with, with me, uh, you know, I just wanted it to, you know, reach people and the, you know, the response that we got, you know, it, it was very interesting to me and just people, you know, really taking it in. Uh, how I never would have thought or I would have thought, but it was on a whole nother level. So I'm just thankful. Curious to see where it's at, you know, where, where, where it gets taken. So that leads to, that does open an interesting question of what's next, right? Where does this go? What, what happens now? Black lives will continue to matter. That, that part. Um, I think that's a question that we are also dealing with right now. Is like, how do you get people into the headsets into the content into the experiences how do you create opportunities for conversation opportunities for discussion um you know it's 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 really it's one of those things that we right now having just coming off of it a lot of us just need time and space to decompress um like we need a lot of time you know and and and, and here's the thing you know the rea a lot of people don't talk about the realities of production and the realities of 
creating content where you are investing your time and yourself and you're sacrificing your 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 family and there's just there's a lot of things that go into this that are just stressed the, that, that just completely put a test to your mental health and well-being and um you know we we right now as a as a team everybody's just kind of like you know we, we just need some time to just think and and have to ourselves to just like decompress and and that's really necessary um but yeah, it's 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 one of those things where we are asking ourselves that question. Um, we do have, you know, some stuff coming up with Facebook, uh, a, a live like a live stream workshop coming up at the end of the month. You know, we'll, we'll promote that out um, once it's. I think it's going to be like the twenty second or twenty third. It's one of those dates. But um, you know, we'll be having some conversations through their platform. But we want to definitely plug into people outside of the VR community. Um, we want to plug into, you know, uh, the, the, the spaces where they might not have access all the time to this, to headsets, to technology. We want to bring this to, to our, to our, to our folks. So that's going to be a part of the mission and, and the work, uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, Tiago, John, uh, I mean, have y'all kind of been, y'all have anything else that you want to add to that about like what's next um yeah i mean you know i'm just you know i'm just happy to you know help out i also feel too like you know it's gonna open up discussions for you know social injustice and just you know how we tell stories and document our history in this space you know that's really that's really what i see and it also just puts people in that that element and that environment and you know, we're telling our story our way without it being manipulated. So that's really, you know, what I'm going to keep pushing and what, you know, I hope we can keep pushing as filmmakers in this immersive space. Yeah, I'm going to second that. And I'm also going to go a little bit off the lines and say, I hope that we inspire some other black creators to get out there, grab a camera and just go do this. Like, it's not even that difficult. We just some normalized nin ninjas. <laughs> 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 just a normal ass ninjas. Anybody can literally go and do this. Like it, it wasn't no no rocket science or anything like this. I hope people hear this and see that and feel inspired. Like, yo, I can do this too. I can go grab a camera. I can capture some stuff. I can put together these experiences. Like, hundred percent. Yeah. That's all I got. I'm logging off, guys. Bye. Have a great day, <laughs> Jonathan. Thank you for coming through, man. We appreciate you, bro. That uh, is a good place to stop right there. I think it's a good place to stop too. Jonathan is like that. He's like, I'm in and out. I say what I gotta do. do that, gotta that, do. That's that mic drop. That's that's <laughs> it. That's it. That's that's where it goes. Yeah. You know, so speaking of that, um, at the end of every episode, uh, whoever we interview gets to put up uh, a nonprofit that we highlight and, and talk about their nonprofit, and we we then ask that you go check out that nonprofit uh, and. Adam, you you had linked me to something called Arts Us. Uh, tell me about Arts Us and, and your nonprofit highlight here. Oh yeah, for sure. And before I kick off that, um, I do just want to again acknowledge uh, Paris McCoy, who's who's in our clubhouse room. Um, but all you folks listening out there in podcast land, she she's Paris is doing work. She's she's in a loud space right now. She texts me on the side offline. But um, you know, I I cannot talk about this project without showering her with her flowers uh because she was the associate uh she was the creator producer and the dp so i just it, the 
when we talk about like our sanity and our stress, like Paris and I were side by side on, on the front lines of this and this project would 100% not be what it was without her. And she is one of the interview subjects as well. She and her, her mom and her grandmother, her grandmother's 91 years old and we have her interviewed in, in protests. And uh, she even got a VR headset on her checking out the protest, which was really wild. Um, but there's in our Los Angeles episode, the first one that kicks off is the story of Paris and um, her, her, her family's connection to, to being on the front lines um, through the through the protests of 2020, through the Watts riots of 65 and uh, or 60, 65, 69. I'm sorry if I messed up those dates, uh, but the Watts riots in L.A., the 92 riots, you know, that, that were in response to Rodney King and the uh, 2020 uprising. So we have these three generations of uh, that her family has lived through that Paris dives into, dives into. But I just, I have to take that moment to to give give a lot of shout out and love and praise to her. And she, she can't come up on stage to talk, but there will be more opportunities for y'all to check her out and, and, and listen to, to her amazing story and her amazing work. But I will, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and kick off the Arts Us piece uh, the Arts Us nonprofit is is another nonprofit that's highlighted in in protests, and it is a St. Paul based organization that um, I did in fact grow up in, and that taught me everything that I knew uh, about kind of uh, the oral tradition. And and it's it is Arts Us is a is a nonprofit that specializes and focuses on. Um, educating youth in the African diaspora, in the arts and the sciences and technology um, and gardening and, and filming and produce. So there's a number of things that Arts Us does, but e e more than anything right now, they are serving uh, in St. Paul to the community uh, in every way possible from from food donations to uh, you know providing spaces for kids during the protest like for wellness to, to just have a space to just decompress um, Artsus has been uh, doing their thing in the community for 20 plus years the St. Paul the mayor of St. Paul who is the youngest and the first black mayor um, of the of the state um, he, he comes out of Melvin Carter uh, he comes out of Arts Us and um, you know we, we, we highlighted their story in, in protests um, and, and they're definitely who I want to shout out uh, as we wrap up um, and give our nonprofit shout out and, and look who comes in right on time trying to get Perfect. a shout out on schedule what's up <laughs> we're recording still our, our daddy's recording still you're gonna make keeps do all this work in posts Oh, he gonna be mad at you. Oh no, I'm leaving it You're all leaving in. It all I'm in? just gonna leave it all, all right. in. It's adorable. You don't, you don't, you don't delete adorable content. <laughs> That's what gets you ratings. Okay, I'll be done in a second. I'm almost done. I got you. Thank you. And on that, I just want to thank everybody for uh, checking us out. I know this has been different. Um, definitely been a different experience uh, while we try to integrate uh, Clubhouse yeah. into this new podcast idea. Hopefully, that people were able to get something out of it. And yeah, toddlers yeah. and people, little kids chiming in in the background. It's all good. <laughs> uh, but I, I want everyone to uh, check us out and, and continue following us. Uh, we're at InnovativeMonsters.com. Innovative Monsters podcast can be found on Apple, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Google Podcast, Amazon, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, all those places. Um, you know, go go check it out. You'll hear the fully produced version of this uh, i appreciate the people who were able to chime in at the end and special thanks to you adam 
and Tiago and Jonathan and everybody. Yeah, Tiago, give a shout out to Everything VR. Oh, uh, yeah, oh yeah. So um, thank you guys. Um, I have Everything VR. Uh, that's my platform. EverythingVR.com as well. Be eventually coming. Uh, yeah, thank you guys again for letting me shout out and having me on here, man. It's good to be around some like-minded people who really try to push the culture. So thanks again. All right. Next episode's going to happen towards the end of the month. So be looking for that invite. We're going to do it the exact same way because I think this is working. Uh, that special guest is actually going to be Kathy Hackle. So anyone who's in the VR space knows Kathy. Like, I don't know how you don't know Kathy. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. Yo, thank you. Everybody who's listening right now, everybody who's listening in the future, um, major gratitude for for joining us and and making yourself involved with this conversation and and um, innovative monsters. Please reach out to us if you have some recommendations of, of interview, you know, of, of monsters to interview. Um, we're here for it and we're here for the long haul. Yeah, check us out. InnovativeMonsters.com. Thanks. Peace.